Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Good morning, West Georgia. Welcome in to the Morning Five podcast. It's time to start another beautiful spring week. It's Monday, April 3rd, and as always, it is brought to you by the Parian Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today, but hey, life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Perrion Lawyers with offices in Carrollton and Bremen, personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E-N-O-W.com. Local lawyers, catchy slogans, a few billboards, big results. Billy, today is National Chocolate Moose Day. Mmm, chocolate moose. I love me some chocolate moose. Yeah, chocolate moose day. I know uh, Kathy makes a delicious chocolate moose pie thingy um, for like uh, like occasions and games and stuff like that she brings over. It's pretty good. I try it every now and then. Uh, Not a huge chocolate moose fan, uh, but I do try that every now and then on special occasions when she makes it. So, uh, yeah, what, what's your, what dish do you like most with chocolate mousse? Like just chocolate mousse by itself or like on top of something? Like what, what's your go-to with chocolate mousse? I think by itself is pretty much the best thing for me, honestly. Just with like a spoon. Yeah. 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 I feel you on that one. Billy, the Braves this weekend, they go one and one sort of the, uh, theme this weekend of Atlanta sports is being mid. Um, Braves go one and one over the weekend, but they do win the series against the Nationals, and that's all you can really ask for. Open up the season two and one. We take the series win. We didn't get the sweep on on Sunday, but we did win Saturday to win the series. Braves beat the Nats Saturday seven to one. Olsen had three RBIs, including two home runs. Uh, Acuna with a home run, Azuna with a home run, and Harris also added in an RBI. Spencer Strider looked near untouchable. Six innings pitched. No earned runs in nine Ks. Yeah, Saturday the Braves looked phenomenal. The bats came alive. It was it was a good day for the Braves on Saturday. Um, you know, Spencer looked incredible. His fastball was cooking, and his breaking balls were nasty. So that's that's something to pay attention to moving forward. Yeah, he looked almost he looked almost untouchable first stretches of that game he looked phenomenal uh so a great job winning the series on saturday and sunday we come out and we fall four to one to the nationals just couldn't really get anything offensively going darno with the lone rbi and jared schuster four and two-thirds innings pitch gave up four earned runs they were all in the first though after the first he sort of settled down but he did give up six walks uh and only one k so uh, you know started off very rocky but you like to see that he settled down after that uh, and shut the Nats down. So some positives going ahead for Schuster. He's a kid, man. I think he's only like 21, somewhere around there. Like, he's he's young. So I'm not really surprised by this. He pitched really well throughout the spring training effort. And, you know, he just ran into bats this weekend. You know, the, the Nationals were actually putting bats on the balls. I mean, that's what happens. No big deal. In my opinion, yeah. and it was one we'll of those. On. I don't. I don't want to say it was a throw throwaway game, but it's a. It was a game on a Sunday when you already won the series two to one, and you throw Schuster out there just to see what he had. Um, you know, it, it'll 
I, I assume he'll get a couple more starts because Kyle Wright's not ready, and um, we still don't. Do we have any update on when Max Freed will possibly be coming off the uh, IL? No, it's going to be a minute. So he'll be on the IL for a while. Not great to hear, but uh, if it's going to happen, if injuries are going to happen, man, this is the time of the year you want. Like start, start right now. <laughs> get your injuries out of the way in the first half, the beginning of April. That way, when it comes October, hopefully everybody should be uh, injury free and, and completely healthy. Um, so the Braves go one and one over the weekend. They do take the series from the Nationals two to one, though. They start a three game set out in St. Louis tonight uh, at seven forty five. It will be on ESPN plus. I won't be watching it, but I will be listening to it, which is what I do. Morton and Woodford on the bump for the Braves and the St. Louis Cardinals. tonight. would like to see the uh, uh, the one thing I like to see out of the Braves this weekend is that Matt Olson seems like his offensive onslaught that happened in the entire month of spring training seems to have carried over to the regular season. Yep. He is locked in, man. Like, um, I don't know if you remember, but he hit a double in, in the first game that was probably inches away from being a home run. So, Long I mean, double. yeah. <laughs> like it was it hit off the top of the wall so yeah matt olson's locked in and it that could be a dangerous thing for people for I atlanta think we, i think we sort of said this in spring training too that matt olson's gonna have a better year this year than he had last year just because he's more comfortable in this lineup he's more comfortable with the braves he's more comfortable in the uh, stadiums that he's gonna be playing in i think this is gonna be a massive year for matt olson i think he is i think he's gonna be the braves mvp uh, there I ain't no doubt. I think he's going to be the best Brave out there right now. Three RBIs, two home runs, eleven total bases. He's batting three sixty four with a four sixty two OBP, and there's not much more you can ask for Matt Olson right now. Just three games into the season, um, we just hope it continues. I mean, this is what we thought we were going to get out of Matt Olson coming into this year through spring training. So you hope it continues uh, for the rest of the season. Billy, over the weekend, the Hawks continue to be mid as well. They go one and one on the weekend on Friday night. Hawks fall 124 to 107 in Brooklyn. Uh, DeJounte Murray had 21 points, five assists, five rebounds. Really the only Hawk that performed Friday night. Everybody else looked really awful. Uh, Trey Young, terrible. One of the worst games I've ever seen Trey play. 10 points, went 0 for 5 from 3 and 3 for 12 from the field. He couldn't hit a shot. I don't know what it is about him playing the Brooklyn Nets, but every time he plays the Nets, he looks awful. Uh, he looks like Paro Antich is out there trying to shoot the ball, and it's 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 terrible. Uh, the offense sucked, and we got blown out in the second and third quarter. That was sort of the story of the night. First quarter, uh, we were in it. In the second and third quarter, the defense just collapsed. We couldn't hit a shot. Uh, Brooklyn could. Brooklyn ran us out of the gym. It is what it is. We go up there and follow a team that, in my opinion, were more talented than, uh, but we just didn't have it. And then we come home. Sunday night, we try to give the game away to the Mavs, a Mavs team that right now is struggling mightily. Uh, Kyrie Irving had a huge game for the Mavs, uh, and uh, Luka Doncic also shot well. We tried to give it away in overtime, but two free throws from Trey did seal it. DeJounte Murray had 25.7 rebounds, four assists. Trey with 24 points and 12 assists went 0 for 5 from three point again. That is not what you want to see out of Trey getting this close to the playoffs like you want to see trey catching on fire right now he was eight for 24 uh from the field yesterday so not great eight for eight from free throw which is nice to see uh but the hawks overall shot 34 percent from the line or from the uh, three-point line last night 
that's not great. But when you see the defense the Hawks played on the Mavs, uh, they only allowed 26% from three from the Mavs last night. So it sort of evens itself out. Capella and JC both with double doubles. No Hunter, though. DeAndre Hunter, he has a bone bruise. They had a uh, MRI on him yesterday. And DeAndre Hunter has a bone bruise. He's going to be out for a while. I wouldn't expect to see him for the rest of the regular season. Uh, and we'll see what happens in the play-in games. Because right now we're in the eighth spot. Uh, and we would be assured at least two playoff games. I- I'm kind of curious to see if, if, if Hunter comes back or any of the playoffs. Because a uh, bone bruise is not something that you recover from quickly. So, uh, And it was, it was painfully obvious last night that we need Hunter in there instead of Sadiq Bey to start the game. As bad as Hunter has been on offense, Sadiq Bey on defense is even a bigger liability. And the fact that Sadiq Bey is in there for his offense. He went one for six yesterday. Like his offense wasn't phenomenal yesterday. If he's not scoring 15 to 20 a night to make up for his horrendous defense, then, you know, Hunter's your your, your guy there. But, you know, my, my real question is what, with Hunter out, why wouldn't we consider moving JC to three, bringing in Okongwu at the four, and having Clint at five? I know you give up probably a little quickness on defense, but I feel like that's a much more athletic and versatile lineup than bringing Sadiq Bey into the three. My question is, what the hell is wrong with Trey Young? Over for 10 from yeah. three over the, the weekend. weekend? Yep. Over for 10? Are Awful. you serious? You couldn't hit a three-pointer? Are you serious? What is wrong with them? I don't know. I mean, it's it's sort of been like this, honestly, all year. I mean, I've never felt like Trey has been able to find his shot this year. And I don't know why that is. And, and the stats might not back it up. But I feel like when I watch game in and game out, like Trey's, Trey's shot is just not there this year. And I don't, I don't understand what's going on. Uh, I mean, it, it's... That's let's see. That's I think that's the sixth or seventh time, maybe more, this year where he has not hit a single three. Um, I, I don't know. There's there's something going on with his shot. There's something going on with his game, and you'll get some games where he'll go like six for ten or five for eight or something three point range, and the national media will pick it up. There's a lot of games, man, where he goes like he goes he goes one for two, he goes zero oh for five, he goes you know one for four, one for four, one for five, zero oh for five. It's uh, it's worrisome. It's very, very worrisome that it seems like he has not progressed this year. And honestly, in that same vein, I don't think DeJounte Murray has progressed as well as a lot of Hawks fans thought he was. He's still a good player, but he's not the same player that I think a lot of Hawks fans thought they were getting. And, you know, I don't him and Trey haven't clicked in the way that they clicked early on in the season and the way I thought they were going to click this year to be honest with you right i don't know man it's it's frustrating being a hawks fan right now because of the the back and forth 500 bs but uh, what can you do the most mid team the most mid team in the nba right now and it's i i don't know maybe with quinn schneider maybe we give quinn schneider one more year with this with this roster i'm not saying we give quinn schneider one more year but we give this roster one one more year with quinn schneider see what he can do with it but it's it's worrisome, man. It's very, very worrisome that, that that guard combo really hasn't clicked and started forming like I think we all expected it to, especially early on in the season. Right. Uh, Billy, we go from two mid-teams, Braves and the Hawks, over to the best team in Major League Soccer right now, in my opinion, 
in the Atlanta United Five Stripes. We beat the Red Bulls on Saturday night, one to nothing. Uh, stats shots were 15 to eight New York. Shots on target were 4-2 Atlanta. Possession was 59-41 Atlanta. Key passes were 12-6 Red Bulls. And expected goals were 1.27 to 0.74 in favor of Atlanta. It was a packed house. That place was one of the loudest I've ever heard it. Uh, really surprised that we didn't score more. Um, sort of concerning the game plan that we had against the New York Red Bulls high press. Uh, New York Red Bulls pressed Atlanta a lot uh, the entire game. And I really thought that was going to play right into Atlanta United's game plan. I thought we were going to be able to send balls over the top to Gigi. Um, you remember that first game that Gigi played with us? I mean, he had probably eight or nine offsides in that one yeah. game. I thought we were going to be there something similar on Saturday. I really thought we were going to push Gigi over the top and have him try to break that high press with over the top balls over the top, either to Etienne on one wing or Arujo on one wing or Sadich or Almada or Gigi or something like that, whoever was distributing from the back. That never really happened. We... We played from the back, which almost played in the hands of New York Red Bulls high press. And a couple times, we almost gave goals away that, that they had no business of even stealing or having an attempt to steal a point away from Atlanta United at home. Um, so a, a couple of the tactics were troubling or questioning, I guess, to say. Uh, Caleb Wiley did good at left back. I just, I hate seeing Caleb Wiley at left back because I feel like that hinders the best part of his game when he's in that wing and he's attacking. I feel like Atlanta United is a much more dangerous team. I'd love to see Etienne brought back over there to the left back position and Caleb Wiley brought in that left wing position. Um, Sadich and Arujo honestly were invisible for most of that game, and that's that's a little that's a little troubling as well as, as seeing as Arujo is one of our DPs. I like to see him get involved a little bit more. But I mean, you can nitpick here and there with small things that didn't look great with Atlanta United. But at the end of the day, we come out with a 1-0 victory and uh, I believe we're second in the East right now, one one goal behind the leaders. Perfect. That's exactly what you needed to do this weekend. And I, I'm i actually impressed because I, I didn't think that they were going to pull out a victory. You know, we were going to get some of the players back from international. We weren't sure how many. And, you know, they played really well, and it, it was a good win for for the Five Stripes. Yeah, it was, that place was packed. I mean, Atlanta United right now, yeah, second in the East with 13 points, one point behind first place Cincinnati. Uh, this matches the best start in Atlanta United history, and uh, that other start in Atlanta United history happened in 2018. Good things happened with Atlanta United 2018. Listen to these first matches. First six matches in 2018. A blowout road loss followed by a home win. A blowout home win over a West Coast team. A well-played home draw and a nervy win. I mean, that is almost match by match the exact same thing that has happened this year in 2023. A blowout road loss followed by a home win. A blowout home win over a Western Conference team. A well-played home draw and a nervy win. I mean, those are that's almost... Step by step, a mirrored image of the 2018 start. So let's hope that uh, 2023 ends up like that 2018 team did. That was a good year. That yeah. was a good year for the very five stripes. Year. Very, very good year. 
All right, Bryce, let's head to the Marines' house scoreboard from Friday night in baseball. Villarica beat Banneker 20 to nothing, continues their domination of that uh, region. Temple falls to Lamar County 8-4 to and 5-4 to in a doubleheader in a game that you heard on Hometown Sports Radio Network. Um, Bryce and I are on the call on that one. It was fun night in Temple. Yeah, very, very close, very good game, both games. Beautiful night. Once the once the rain kind of blew over, it turned into an absolutely gorgeous night for baseball. Both those teams battled back, man. That that last game, that doubleheader, that 5-4 game was nip and tuck for so long. Um, that's what baseball is supposed to be about. And, dude, the Temple Tigers baseball team, one of the most fun bunch of kids I have ever seen play baseball. No matter yep. if they're no matter if they're down, losing, just lost a game, no matter what it is. I mean, the chirping and the excitement and everything coming from that Temple Tigers dugout from that baseball team, that's what baseball is all about. That's what baseball is supposed to be. If anybody wants to go see what the attitude or, or you know, the aura or whatever you want to call it around a baseball team should be in the dugout during a game, the Temple Tigers encapsulate that whole thing, and they do a phenomenal job of supporting their team. Yep, kudos to Evan Hotchtetler and the staff over there having a light, fun group. Um, her County splits with Crawford County. They still lead that region. Uh, the first game they lost 20 to three. Second game they won 14 to four. Carrollton beats Westlake seven to two. Bowden beats Ranburn 12 to two. Central fell to Heritage four to one and 10 to nine. In lacrosse, Carrollton beats Sequoia. The boys beat them 15 to three continue their domination right now. Carrollton lacrosse has been really good this year. Temple uh, falls to Lamar County of soccer on Friday night as well. Girls lost five to three, boys lost 10 to nil. On Saturday, uh, the lone game we had was Bowden at Chattahoochee County and that got rained out. On the Smith Four Coverings Games and Events calendar, today in baseball, Carrollton's at Noonan at 5.55, and then Bowden is at Gainesville, Florida at 7 p.m. It's spring break for most of these teams. So this may be a very, very light week for us. Yeah, it should be. I know I don't have any I don't have any games to call. I think you have one on Tuesday. Um, the Bowden's having like a uh, Florida swing. Bowden's taking spring yeah. break, and they're down in Florida for a couple of games. I know Carrollton has a couple of games this week, but yeah, on the most part, I think soccer is, I want to say soccer regular season is done and playoffs start after we get back from spring break. I'm not a thousand percent sure about lacrosse, but yeah, most of these high schools, most of these teams and everything are not going to be playing this week because uh, is, is Paulding County on spring break as well? Yes. So Paulding and Hurd is as well. Uh, Carroll County and Douglas County all on spring break this week. So yeah, not a lot of not a lot of games going on here and there uh, around the area for high school as far as high school goes. You need, uh, you need another cup of coffee this morning, man? Oh, man, I need a cup of coffee. Can you hear my voice? <laughs> Holy crap, uh, dude! Barely. <laughs> you uh, you spent some time. You were out at the ball field all day yesterday, weren't you? All day long. So they moved it to a one day tournament. Then they didn't have any games on Saturday. No, they originally pushed it back from like two hours and then they pushed it back four hours and then they canceled the Saturday tournament and they, or the Saturday part of the tournament and they were like, well, if you want to do a one day, let us know. And we were all in for a one day. 
ended up winning the championship. So, I mean, it was a good day for us. It was just long, long day. That's always good that you can pay off a one-day tournament with a championship because it sucks to be out there for like 12 hours and then you lose the championship or don't even get to it or something. At least, at least right. if you're going to be out there and pump in all those hours, at least win the championship while you're out there. <laughs> right, and the boys played well, so yeah. Another cup of coffee brought to you by realtor Hannah Strom of Robert Goolsby Real Estate Group. LeBron James talks title hopes at Lakers may, as Lakers make a late push. Do you think the Lakers have any chance at winning the NBA championship this year? No. No, I don't. Why do you hate LeBron like that, dude? <laughs> I'm not hating LeBron. Sounds you like you hate this. LeBron. Sounds like you hate LeBron. I hate LeBron, I hate just, AD. I just don't think they do. Right I don't now think the West deep enough. I agree. The West is so close right now. I mean, the Clippers, the Warriors, the Lakers, and the Pelicans all have the same amount of losses. They're all at 38, and that's your five, six, seven, and eight. So theoretically, the Lakers could get into a playoff uh, slot and not a play-in slot. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Lakers have coming down the stretch. I mean, we only have I think four games left in the season, something like that. Uh, so a lot of nip and tuck, a lot of really close. Lakers right now playing good basketball recently, seven three in their last ten. A very emotional Mulkey leads LSU to elusive national championship last night in the uh, women's college basketball tournament against Iowa. Did you get to watch any of this game? No, you were at the fields, weren't you? Yeah, I was at the fields. I didn't get to watch any of that. The referees did a phenomenal job of ruining what was one of the best basketball games I've seen all year long. Uh, the referees wanted to make everybody aware that they were there and they were controlling the game and that it was not the kids playing or the coaches or anybody like that that was out there to uh, to entertain people and to you know play the game. They, the, the referees wanted to make sure that everybody in the stands and everybody at home knew that it was the referees' game and the referees' job to make sure they really stamped their uh, initials on the game. It was one of the worst referee games I've ever seen. Couldn't let it breathe, couldn't let the game flow. Um, it was the complete opposite of what you want to see refereeing-wise from a national championship. The national championship game between the two teams was phenomenal. I mean, the back and forth was great. Two really good teams, two really talented women out there playing basketball. Uh, the referees ruined what would have been one of the greatest women's basketball, college, college basketball championships of all time, I think. Um, so congratulations, referees, on ruining something that is absolutely beautiful. You hate uh, to see that. It's it's terrible, man. Especially especially in in uh, amateur. What well, I guess you can still consider it amateur athletics, but you know, in college basketball, just it's so frustrating. Uh, Tiger Woods practice at Augusta as Masters Week begins. He is out Let's there playing go. practice weeks, buddy. I am so hyped. It starts. It's that there's no better week for spring break than this week because you can sit at home on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Nothing going on. No games. No nothing. Sit at home and watch every single swing of Tiger Woods of the Masters. Well, Bryce, you know you're a teaster, right? Yes. We've we've discussed that. So right. you know, sun, Sunday is Easter for you, right? So you've got to go to church and then get back for the for the final round. Do you just assume I won't have my phone on me in church? <laughs> I mean, that's a that's that's amateur out of, hour out of you, Billy. I mean, I will have my phone, but I mean, if we get if we get out of church at ten a.m., I mean, they won't start teeing off until probably eleven. Probably when the yeah. TV the TV will get on there. So yeah, Tiger Woods. Let's hope Tiger Woods is playing on Sunday. Honestly, me too. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, the national media says that the Falcons aren't signing Lamar Jackson because of, quote, racism and collusion, Billy. What the hell? I don't know. It, this this was the most... I, I saw this this weekend. I saw it on ESPN, and then I was listening to 92.9, and they were talking about it. And they were like, how tone deaf can the national media be to say that the Falcons are not signing Lamar Jackson because of racism and collusion? Like, that is the... That is the laziest job of sports media reporting I think I have ever heard. I'm sitting there trying to think, like, how the Falcons are being racist. And and Billy, Billy newsflash, has anybody seen Desmond Ritter's heritage? <laughs> it's 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 Desmond Ritter's not a white guy. Like no. I, like, and and Mike Vick was the face of this franchise for forever and if he hadn't had the dog fighting thing he would have been the face of the franchise for probably longer than matt ryan was matt ryan wouldn't even have been a falcon if it wasn't for the mike vick thing i mean arthur blank was ready to make mike vick mr atlanta falcon so yep. like like the the racism and collusion whatever I, I don't have any comment on that it could possibly be true i highly doubt it but the racism comment dude that is just lazy that is lazy reporting just to throw that word out there because the Falcons, you know, they and they they said it, they said it like you said it. If you want Lamar Jackson, which I think the Falcons should have got him, you know, it, it's it's the difference between uh, a solid team or a team with a chance to win a Super Bowl. Um, and, and I think Lamar gives you that. But but it, to y'all's defense, to the people that didn't want Lamar because the cap hit is too big, you couldn't you couldn't sign these Calais Campbells. You couldn't sign the Jesse Bates from Cincinnati. You couldn't make your roster deeper. So I understand the people that didn't want Lamar just because of the price tag. I completely understand that. But the the racism part kills me. But wait, you just said we couldn't sign Calais Campbell, right? Right. Who is black. We couldn't (laughs) sign Jesse Bates. Who is black. Black. (laughs) Like, I don't understand the racism. And it's not like the Falcons are rolling out an all-white starting 22. You know, like, it. I, I just... I thought it was very dangerous and reckless and lazy and misinformed. I <laughs> collusion, whatever. I've been probably not, but fine, whatever. Run with that. But the fact that they threw out the racism card, I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Uh, it's uh, it's 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 ESPN being ESPN. It's it's them being. They're no longer. They're they're a shock jock. The uh, network now, you know, it, they don't they don't really care about what the yep. story is or what the truth is. It's just a shock jock thing, and they, whatever they can say to get the shock most amount jock. of views, shock jock. You know, they're gonna do it. I I can't stand ESPN. Uh, Billion today in 1994, the first roster of the Silver Bullets, the all female pro baseball team, was announced. Did you ever get to see them play in person? No, I didn't. So they were based, you know, they were Coors uh, Brewing was their sponsor they were they're the coors they were the colorado coors silver bullets and their home base was in albany georgia and we used to go to silver bullets games all the time when i was a little boy we'd go out there and watch them play and they were they were amazing man they play teams from all over the southeast um bring them up to uh they used to be called polecat stadium i don't know what it's called now but they used to bring them up there and play them it was fun it was a lot of fun you got any uh, you got any final thoughts for today man no let's get out of here start our spring break off right yeah hopefully everybody that's on vacation has a wonderful vacation enjoy the beach i am envious i wish i was there but we will talk to you tomorrow same time same place shake your neighbors just shake them shake your neighbors